Welcome to the podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network, produced by Story94 in their podcast studio in Oxford. And my name is Mike Foster, a co-owner of OBCN, and our podcast aims to share the expertise knowledge and the experience of our members covering those key issues in your business. And for this episode, our guests today are Mark Kavanagh and Michael Pawley. And today we're going to be talking around the hot topic of finance in your business. So first of all, welcome Mark, welcome Michael. Thank you Mike, nice to see you. Thanks Mike, good to see you. Um, As we're a networking community, I guess the best place to start is an introduction from yourself, a 30, 60 second introduction. So Michael, do you want to kick us off first? Yep, thanks, Mike. So uh, I own my own business called Proficio Solutions, and I've been working as an outsourced finance director, working with uh, small growing companies since uh, 2004, um, typically working with people businesses rather than uh, those in, in the industrial or, or retail sectors, and really, really enjoy adding value to, uh, to the businesses. Um, quite often, MDs or CEOs who started businesses find themselves being the ones who are trying to get to grips with the numbers. And I see my job as helping them understand the numbers and then use those numbers to plan ahead. Excellent. Thanks, Michael. And Mark? Uh, So Mark Kavanagh, I run a local business called MK Mortgages, and we're there to help clients with residential uh, buy-to-let investment properties uh, based in Bicester. Uh, But we cover sort of home counties, and I've got clients pretty much all over the UK um, due to the sort of ability to work remotely these days um, through Zoom calls and uh, telephone, email, etc. One of our key differences is that we are a practice um, where we don't charge our clients fees, our advice, our processing is done uh, all fee-free as we pay commission by our mortgage lenders. And that's one of our key differences um, to our competition that's out there. And hopefully we sort of bring a little bit more to the mix um, with sort of life experiences, married, children, and we can help our clients um, sort of work through their concerns about buying the next property. Fantastic. Um, so I've got some questions in the in the usual way, but uh, feel free to sort of jump in on anybody's questions, really. But Michael, if we can first of all ask yourself, what's the topic of conversations right now with your clients around finance? So with most of the business owners, there's there's one real factor that, that's affecting them, and that's the ability to recruit the right people. Not necessarily a financial issue, but it but it can be if if you can't recruit the right people in the right time scale or you get that recruitment decision wrong and have to kind of go through the whole process again. Apart from that, it's it's the the threat of inflation. Um, you know, we we're hearing all the time about increasing energy prices. We're we're certainly going to see increases in interest rates over the course of the next twelve months and and perhaps beyond. And with businesses coming out of uh, you know the, the effects of the last two years, some some businesses have done really well in that in that period. There's no doubt about that. But others are are still struggling, and will have to seek additional finance over the next uh, few months. So the, the threat of rising interest rates is, is particularly worrying. For, for a lot of business owners. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's certainly something I'm seeing is that people just reviewing their, their finance requirements. What about yourself, Mark? How are you, how are you seeing the market at the moment? Uh, there's some similar uh, concerns there for the, the, the homeowner with uh, interest rates on the rise. And we're focusing at the moment on also trying to help the self-employed because, um, as we've just heard, that businesses have had to borrow money, have taken money that was offered to them for free, and that's enabled them to keep functioning, pay their staff, pay the bills, etc., which has been great. But in some situations, that does um, affect their ability to borrow because some of that money isn't uh, earned income 
um, as far as the mortgage lenders are concerned. So we're spending quite a lot of time working with the client, working with their accountants to find a working solution um, as to how much can be borrowed. And you know, the good thing is, as an independent advisor, we've got plenty of access to the mortgage lenders. So although it may not be uh, the best rate for a client, it's finding the right solution that enables them to either remortgage or, or move on with their their life with a new um, a new home. And there are lots of different banks out there, and you know we've got plenty of examples where the client have been told by no, have been told no by other advisors, but through plenty of research, good relationships with the banks, uh, we've been able to find solutions for the majority of our clients, if not all of our clients. Fantastic, and Michael. I know you've you know you've got a very close relationship with all your clients, and, and you know very much um, handholding through their sort of process. So, if they're going to want to finance, raise some finance for their business, tell us a little bit more about the sort of planning process that you take them through the critical sort of steps, if you like. So the the, the key document is of the key documents are obviously to have up to date and accurate, reliable financial information certainly about the past, so management accounts and obviously your year-end accounts. But to me, the most critical document in any business is a cash flow forecast. And that's not just a cash flow forecast for the next week, four weeks, five weeks. It's, you know, ideally, it's a rolling 12-month cash flow forecast. So the business can identify as early as possible when there are going to be needs for funding. And by ha- having that having that forecast, you can then start to identify what kinds of funding the businesses might need. So it's it's keeping things up to date. It's keeping things relevant. It's making sure that the business can take informed decisions about the future. Uh, so we work very closely with, with all our clients to keep a cash flow forecast up to date. We can then use that for different types of scenario planning. Uh, and as I say, hopefully then identify what the need for finance is and then look for, for the best source of finance, whether that be a loan, whether that be um, asset financing, or in a lot of cases now, you know, invoice factoring, discounting, it's no, known by any number of names, which is a relatively easy uh, method of finance to get for, the, for certain types of business. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just keeping, it's keeping on top of things, you know, it's, it, and to me, the history is, is important, but it's not the most important factor. It's, it's what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And and Mark, you know, obviously you're then on the end of the, that sort of process, if you like, of producing that documentation to a lender. And I know you um, help businesses, particularly the self-employed to to remortgage. I'm seeing a lot of that actually in terms of the self-employed market wanting to raise extra cash and it's probably the best way to get it off their biggest asset, which is probably their home. How, How does that play out in terms of obviously you've got that documentation and then do you submit it on their behalf or does the business owner need to perhaps better understand the actual numbers that may have been put together for them? Yeah, I think it's a combination of those. I mean, uh, I think as, as individuals, we should do very much like a business and understand what we're spending. We very often see clients will go out and um, take finance for a new car, um, then insure um, their TVs, their their phones, etc. And all these items with some lenders can be taken into consideration when they're looking at the affordability. And it's not until they then look at their mortgage, they understand the implications of having bought that brand new car or you know, on the finance. And it can have quite a significant impact on the client's ability to borrow. So we'd love all our clients to have a better understanding of their finances. But when it comes to the self-employed person, it's, it's great that all that work that Michael's doing in the background, because the documentation that we finally get from the accountant, which will be a personal tax computation or an SA302 if it's come direct from HMRC and the tax year overview and mortgage lenders use the last two years. With COVID in mind, 
we are seeing that there's a big difference between the actual black and white numbers on those accounts. So that's where we're able to help a little bit more with working with the accountant and maybe having uh, a reference from the accountant, uh, more bank statements than we would normally have. Historically, a lender will ask for these tax year overviews for the last two years and use those figures. But because one of those years may be heavily impacted with COVID and grants and other schemes, they're going to say, well, can we see pre-COVID statements, bank accounts, management accounts, and then can we see the post um, information so that they can get a better understanding of, okay, your business, let's say a pub, you weren't able to trade for six months, but the six months you were trading is equivalent to a normal six months. So actually there's a very good reason and lenders are trying to work. And I think we'll see a lot of change over the next 12 months with how lenders are trying to help the self-employed because employed people are reasonably straightforward. It's a bit of a tick box exercise with a payslip. There's a bigger conversation with the self-employed and that's where we're really able to help uh, the self-employed client with helping them understand that in this situation, we're going to use a very specific lender because we meet their criteria requirements to give you what you want. So there is a more work involved for us at the moment. But I think if you spend the time with the customer, uh, talk them through it and plan, I'm a big one for the five P's, proper preparation prevents, I don't like the word poor, but poor uh, performance. And it's that preparation that's key in that conversation It's preparing. And sometimes the advice is just wait, because actually it's not of 100% you need to move at the moment. But if you wait another year, we can sort of forget about that COVID year. It's gone away. It's historic. Mm. Mark, you you used the, the terms employed and self-employed, and, and some people don't easily fall into that category. People who own and run their own businesses through limited companies are viewed as self-employed. They're still employed. And a lot of the work that we do with them is, is remuneration planning around whether to take money as, as salary, or dividend, or a mixture of both. How are mortgage lenders viewing people like that who may take the bulk of their income through through dividends? So the mortgage lenders have made it quite easy, to be fair. You're employed, which for them is no interest in the business. Self-employed is sole trader, company director. Okay. Because the company director has an interest in the business. But where we can help out is that the majority of lenders will take the salary, dividends, averaged over the last two years, if the latest year is lower, they'll tend to work off that lower figure. But there are a few lenders that will work off the salary and then the net profit of the business. So when we're helping the client through, talking with the accountant, we're trying to work out who do we go to for this loan. You know, if, if it's sort of two times income from the numbers we've got, great, we can use pretty much anybody. But when you're trying to maximize things, then that's where that conversation comes in. And it's, it's about that planning stage. You know, does this work now? When's your year end? Can we work with the salary dividend? Do we need to use salary net profit? And try and find a solution that's going to work for the client. Okay, that's really helpful. And, and Mark, I don't want to um, lose a point that you mentioned earlier, and it, you, you might be a, a bit repetitive um, by repeating the point, but I think it's an important point to repeat, is this plan, this planning aspect in terms of some businesses, they do all they can to save as much tax as they can without planning forward, and then suddenly they can't borrow the money because of X, Y, Z. T tell us a little bit more about that experience and what you're telling clients to think about. So... When the client sat down with their accountant towards the end of the year, they're discussing their numbers and the accountant's job really is to minimize that tax bill. 
but they're also trying to ensure that the client has enough money to pay their own personal bills. And it might be that the business has done really well, as we've heard earlier, you know, lots of companies have done very well through COVID. They've been able to maximize um, because of the sector they've worked in. So there's a lot of money floating around and they might want to take it out of the business, but that might mean that they pay a higher amount of tax and the accountant's going to have a conversation generally about, do you actually need this money? So they may look to retain the profits in the company. So when it gets around to us, we're looking at it and saying, okay, you've now got a lot of retained profit. That can be used because it's within that net profit of the company. So in those situations, we might say, look, we're going to use this particular lender because we can use your salary and you've got a load of net retained profit in there. They're happy to use that. Um, other lenders don't look at it in that way. So it's having the conversation with the client and the accountant to ensure that anywhere up to two to three years in advance, when you're sat down with the accountant, have the conversation about what am I going to pay? But also, hopefully the accountant saying, do you need to borrow any money, whether that's business-wise or whether it's as a personal? Because lenders are using historic data, a decision you made two years ago could impact your ability to borrow. It's hard to plan two years in advance, and I'm not saying it's an easy process to go through, but that's generally one of the things we hear that a client says, yeah, I earn X amount. And they sometimes confuse what the business is earning and what they've declared as profit to the tax man, because that's what the uh, mortgage lenders are tending to look at, is what you've declared as your salary and your dividend, your income from the business. And there is a difference there. But planning ahead, two years, it is, dif it is difficult. We don't know what's around the corner, as we've all seen over the last two years. You just don't know what's going to happen. But really good, open conversations. And there's some great local businesses, accountancy firms, that I know will have that conversation and say, yeah, this is great, but when's your mortgage due? Because if it's due in 18 months, we might need to say, look, we're going to pull a little bit more money out in your dividend because I've spoken to Mark. He's run the numbers and done an affordability assessment and said, this is roughly where we need to be with things. And that can help the client longer term. Yeah, mm. yeah. I certainly had a really refreshing conversation with one of my clients yesterday where they're on a five-year fixed rate and they're already planning forward in terms of what their salary remuneration look, needs to look like in five years' time to get them to that next level of mortgage that they're mm. looking for. So really interesting. And I know, Michael, as a, as, a, as a proactive FD as you are, I know you're helping your clients look forward in that sort of manner. So mm -hmm. have you got any sort of experience or examples to share around that as well? Well, n n nothing specific. As I say, we're, we're very much about kind of making sure they've got the right sources of finance in place to allow them to to, to re realise their their ambitions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what we are seeing with, with the threat of inflation and, and increased interest rates is, is now a push on salaries. Salaries haven't necessarily increased in, in a lot of sectors, probably now for two, maybe even getting on for three years, you know, particularly where we've got April, um, April pay pay reviews, which, which are quite common. So we're seeing a lot of pressure on salaries. If, you, if you're bringing people in, uh, recruitment in senior roles, then that, that is another pressure on salaries because there's, a, there's a, probably a need to kind of even out. Um, so those are, those are the, the big factors. And things like that are going to mean the need for increased overdraft or, or loan facilities. We know banks are reluctant to, in, to increase overdrafts. There seems to be a massive reluctance, in fact, from, from banks to, to look at overdrafts. They, they want a route out of lending, which is, which is normally geared round, round a loan. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's being, being absolutely flexible and allowing the business to react to the changes it, it reacts to. You know, a, a large order for a, a kind of retailer or a manufacturer at the moment could cause real financing problems because they haven't got the cash to put out there to you know to buy the goods or or to recruit so again you know 
having having advanced as much advanced notice of that doesn't mean you can go out there but the funding market is is interesting at the moment you know we have got we have still got a government scheme the, the recovery loan scheme it's not been as easy to access perhaps as as bounce back and and sybils um but it is accessible there are now more lenders working in that market and that's an attractive proposition still for for businesses that, that qualify otherwise as i say we're, we're resorting to the traditional sources of funding mm. Yeah, and I think you make an interesting point, A, around the, the impact of recruiting people and the cost on the business, but also the Chancellor's decisions and whether they stick or whether they, they won't stick. I certainly feel that, you know, a few years ago, we were all encouraged to be limited companies so that they could get the regulation over us and see what was going on in the world. And now it's about, you know, probably the tax strategies, probably making that line, the differentiation between two being much greyer, I guess. Mm. And, and Mark, in terms of the conversations you're having with clients, I know you don't necessarily do... Um, per se, commercial finance, but you do do investment and buy to let, as you said in your introduction. From a, from a self-employed person, when when do they decide whether it's probably, in your experience, best to do the remortgage bit on their house, if you like, as that asset, or to do it through as a commercial aspect through the, through the business? So <laughs> there's different parts to that conversation. So um, we always like to uh, speak to our clients six months in advance of their remortgage date. So when you come on board with us, the first transaction always is a bit more paperwork heavy because we need to understand your financial financial situation, You know, get to understand you, get to understand your risk profile. I was talking to a client yesterday, said, I'm risk adverse. You know, I want a five-year fixed rate. I want to look at this, X, Y, and Z. And that's fine. So it just helps us um, with the advice because there was the opportunity for him to keep his current home take some money out, change it to an investment property, a buy-to-let. Um, in that scenario, it's called a let-to-buy. Take that money and then do a residential purchase. Now, part of that conversation was that um, although we can't offer tax advice, we do recommend that the clients speak to a tax advisor or accountant because w- you then got two properties. One of properties is generating an income. And although he's an employed person, it's generating an income and that needs to be declared to the tax man. And because of that you then need to have um, a set of accounts done. So we're always pushing the client back to have a conversation with your accountant to ensure that this choice doesn't end up leaving you putting your hand in your pocket at the end of the year for a tax bill. The limited company side of things, we help clients. Um, th- there's probably more business being done on the buy-to-let marketplace where clients are setting up uh, what's called an SPV, a special purpose vehicle, to own an investment property. And again, we will push the client back to the uh, accountant and say, right, here is the scenario. If you buy this in your personal name, this is the mortgage rates, the costs, et cetera, you will see. Here's a comparison if you do this as a limited company, which is generally more expensive on rates, fees, um, valuation costs, as well as legal advice is more expensive. But the tax side of it may be beneficial for them. But again, I'd say it a lot, push them back to the accountant because they are the ones that are going to be really able to help the client understand, am I going to make money from this? Or I'm not going to make any money, but I am investing money that's come from the business and I've taken it out in the form of salary, dividends, et cetera. Um, and I'm reinvesting it. And we can get into conversations around intercompany loans um, that can help and be a tax efficient way. But 
no mortgage advisor is allowed to offer advice on the tax implications. That's why we always bring the accountant in. But there are lots of ways that people can invest their money that's come out from their self-employed business and put it back into either personally owned or limited company uh, properties. But again, it's, you, know, you just need to look at the numbers and understand that um, there is always risk involved. You just have to walk into it and say, there are going to be good times, there are going to be bad times. I've been in the industry 16, 17 years now. And, you know, I remember taking your mortgage at five and a half percent and thinking it was brilliant. Three years later and rates were going through the floor through the recession thinking that was a really bad choice. But you just have to take it on the chin. And there are peaks and troughs. Rates are really, really low. Borrowing is, you know, it's been historically low for, low for some time now. Um, but as we said earlier, rates are going to go up this year and lots of people are wanting to, to have a conversation early in order to, uh, to try and fix something now because as I say, we can probably do it about six months um, out. You, you make a really good point though, Mark, about everybody having a good accountant and, and as an FD working within businesses, they're, they're usually my, my most valuable partner because if you've got a good proactive firm of accountants out there who understand not only the business taxation and finances, but also the business owners' finances and tax uh, situation as well. Then you've got that, that ideal mix. As an in-house FD, that's not my role at all. So the, a good proactive set of accountants is a fantastic partner, uh, and they must be involved at an early stage in all those, uh, in all those conversations. I think there's a lot of technology out there as well now, and we, we use Zero because that was recommended by the accountant. Yeah. You know, and Zero just helps you to keep an, un, an understanding of the numbers that are coming and going. Helps when it comes around to doing your bills, so you're not turning up at the accountants like in the old days with a you know cardboard box full of receipts and things. You know, there's so much technology that can really help you. Mm. And I think businesses uh, need to invest in that. You know, we come across clients. I spoke to a guy he's in his early 50s, and he said to me, he said, "My dad told me never borrow money." And he's 52 and he's never borrowed money. So he has a really, really low credit score because he has no track record of being able to repay money. And it's not until now that he wants to take a mortgage out that that's it's not a difficult thing. He's just going to have to delay things because he needs to build a bit of a credit profile because he's always paid for cash. And it's very rare you come across people like that now. It is nowadays, yeah. Yeah, cash is not king anymore. <laughs> yeah, in fact, yes, if you think over the last couple of years, how many times have you actually used cash? Yes, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Was it £100 on a card now? Yeah. If not more. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going up. yeah. Tap and go. And, uh, uh, Michael, you mentioned it a couple of times. Um, raising interest rates is probably likely um, forthcoming. And... From a, an FD perspective, I'm sure you're, you're monitoring things. So tell us a little bit more about what you're looking at and, the, and therefore being able to best advise your clients to be prepared looking forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to look out, look out too far because obviously you've got, you've, we've also got the interplay with a lot of businesses with, with exchange rates, um, which have moved around a hell of a lot over the last couple of years. But I mean, at the moment, I'm, I'm planning on the basis of probably one and a quarter percent as, as the base rate towards the end of end of this year, so we're factoring that into the the, the predictions for our clients who are who are borrowing or or are predicted to, to, to borrow, just to see what what effect that has. Because like like anybody domestically and, and businesses, we've had low interest rates now since well, I, I can't actually remember. <laughs> you know, I, I I was actually in business when base rate hit fifteen percent, uh, and I've mentioned that now to you know some of the younger people I work with, and they kind of look at me with a sense of horror. You know, what what, what age was that? We're not going to get back up to those levels, absolutely. But even to go up to one percent as a base rate compared to where we were, you know, not that long ago, is a massive is a massive increase. 
So factoring those things in, because they, they have an impact on the business's ability to spend money elsewhere. Um, that's, that's the really important factor. I know mortgage lenders will always stress test um, you know, a, an application to see what the impact of, of in, increased interest rates. So it's important to do the same with any business you know, finances as well. It's interesting you say that because of this sort of talk now about some of the lenders don't go into the specific details of your outgoing. So it's more about income and then things like credit cards, loans, maintenance, mm -hmm. payments, pension deductions, etc. Cost of living is, is factored in using the Office of National Statistics data, which is great. But obviously, cost of living going up, there's talk now that those numbers may adjust. So we may see, you know, if I did a comparison this month, uh, an affordability assessment with the top three lenders on a list and did the same thing in six months, would we get the same loan size using the same data? Mm -hmm. Potentially not, because they're going to start factoring in, as they say, they're stressing the, the client's ability to borrow on the initial rate. And then after, because you know you might start your 25-year mortgage with Halifax, for instance, and stay with Halifax. Now, during that period, you would generally take a new product at the end of the existing deal, but some clients will move on to a standard variable rate, and they'll, they're factoring this in with the APR to, to ensure the affordability. So I, I think we may see an adjustment with affordability and how much lenders are, 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 mm. are lending over the next year or so. Yeah. Fantastic. And you mentioned the 15% base rate. That was when I bought I bought my first house with my first mortgage. <laughs> so, uh, right. And then I've sold it in negative equity. So yeah. uh, there we go. Um, so we're just coming to the end of the podcast. Just before we finish, if uh, people want to check you out, look you up, ask you for some uh, advice, um, where do they find you? So Michael, how's the best way to find you? Okay. So uh, one of the easiest ways to find me is on, is on LinkedIn. Uh, either as Michael Pawley or as Proficio Solutions. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as at Proficio FD, uh, but just go straight to the website, which is proficiosolutions.co.uk, and there'll be links to all the social media site and contact details. Fantastic. And Mark? Very similar for myself. Uh, so on LinkedIn is Mark Kavanagh. Um, we've got Facebook as well, which is MK Mortgages. Uh, probably easiest place again is the website, which is mkmortgages.com. In there, there's a lot of information. Obviously, I work in a heavily regulated industry, um, but there's a load of helpful information in there about buy-to-lets, uh, being self-employed, remortgaging, buying your first home, etc. So you can go on there. And if you're not sure, as we offer a fee-free service, you can just pick up the phone, you'll get to talk to me um, and I'll run you through. If that takes us half an hour, if it takes us three hours, that's fine um, because it's all about that preparation and ensuring you are ready for that next move, that next remortgage. Fantastic. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network. Thank you to our members, Mark and Michael, for uh, joining us for this episode and for sharing their experience and their expertise. And thank you again to Story94 for producing this podcast at their podcast studio in Oxford. Please do subscribe to our podcast and we look forward to sharing more info with you very soon. 